love it. Yeah. It. Yeah. So I, I'm laughing because I'm just like, where do I even start? So, uh, well, me personally, like I, mm -hmm. I work online now and mm -hmm. this is nothing that you don't know, but for those who don't know who the hell I am. So my name is Allie Gilbert and I've been working in the fitness industry for uh, 20 years. So I'm older. I'm 41. Um, I basically graduated with a degree in exercise science and wanted to train athletes. And that's what every single ex-science person wants to do. So you realize very quickly athletes are broke. Um, it's a very weird market. And I grew up in a town that had a lot of golf clubs and country clubs in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I realized, oh, there's a lot of people that play golf. I don't know anything about golf because I played soccer in college. And I was like, I'm going to learn about golf. And there's a certification for golf fitness from the Titleist Performance Institute. So I was like, I'm going to do that because I can train golfers. They're athletes. They can afford to train and they're very type A and driven. So that's what I did. And I went all in on that. And it brought me all men as a clientele. And I was like, cool. None of these guys ever go to the doctor. None of these guys know what to do with nutrition or supplements or anything having to do with like their energy and mood and all of that stuff, basically hormones. So I'll study men's health. So fast forward, this was 2009. So fast forward, we're now over 10 years later and I do a online coaching business, which is nutrition and fitness for men's health. And I involve hormone replacement therapy for them. And I facilitate the discussion surrounding erectile dysfunction, hormone replacement, um, body dysmorphia, masculinity, testosterone, anything having to do with men's health. And I can connect guys to a network of physicians and practitioners that I have. And basically that's my rabbit hole where I talk to men about what's going on in their life and their boner and their fitness and nutrition and all of that. So it's kind of weird because everyone always asks, like, how did you end up in men's health? And I mm -hmm. literally am like, it was from golf, like from golf fitness. And it brought me all men. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because uh, I mean, I don't think anybody knows that the way we met was through a, a mastermind thing that we went to um, for Bedros. And I think they had us all stand up and give our little uh, pitch about what we do, why we're here um, and all that stuff. And I know that I was, I was nervous. I was shitting bricks. I felt like I was like, oh, I feel so out of place. Like I don't belong here. So I do fitness. And then my brain shut down. I'm like, at least I stood up and uh, nobody can see my back sweat. And then you go down the line, everybody says their thing. And I'm like, oh, and then I, I believe you stood up and you're just, you said your name and you're like, uh, yeah, I'd like boner talk. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I did. I, what like, I normalized boner talk. And I was like, what, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then over the weekend, I got to, uh, I got to know you more. Um, thankfully you drove us, uh, drove me and some other people back to the hotel. So I didn't have to walk like a mile and a half, um, by myself yes. Yes. and, oh and that's kind of brought us here today. And I've seen a lot of what you've posted on, on social media and everything like that. And, um, actually before this, I was reviewing your, your talk on the Kabuki EDU uh, week. Mm. Um, and 
I got to say, like everybody listening out here, like, you know, specifically the men, but I think women too, there's like a lot of value that you bring to the table and the information that you give. And especially with your ability to like, for lack of better words, like not give a fuck about how it sounds because it is like most guys are like cringe or like don't want to talk about or kind of seize up if you say that anything is wrong with them or their bodies, you know, but they're okay with bullying themselves infinitely to be like i'm either not good here or i have these problems or you know to suffer in silence per se oh god yeah like being a woman i i have i i admit and i'm very transparent about everything that i have been through like there's nothing tmi in my world and i tell Mm -hmm. people all the time i i've had body dysmorphia for years and people think that fitness professionals like you know they think we walk around hyper motivated to train like we were born with abs, like, you know, this is our whole life. And like, yes, it's part of our life. It's a big part of our life and lifestyle and stuff. But there are definitely days where I'm just like, I'm going to wear a hoodie and I live in Florida and it's 95 degrees. Like, no. And I remember posting that and somebody responded saying, this is so relatable. Thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. I try to post pretty relatable stuff. And I can't remember if it was a man or woman, but they're like, you know, well, you seem like you have everything, like you're very put together and organized. And I said, that's really funny. Tell my husband that because he does not believe that at all. And I was like, I am a fucking mess. Like I don't have my shit together, but if it comes across that way, cool. And I think a lot of people become paralyzed with either fear of doing something hard or new or scary or whatever. And a lot of people say what you said, where I just say things and don't care how it really, I care how it sounds, but um, I'm very direct in that sense. And I think part of that is because I don't really have a huge vocabulary. So I just say things as they are, but also I feel that's the best way to get the point across is to not kind of be cryptic and like dance around sensitive things. It's just talk about it you know? Mm -hmm. So as a fitness professional, like I try to live my life the same way it it appears on social media and be like, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. If you've looked at my stuff and now you and I are talking on zoom and say, I'm in a consult with a guy, he knows exactly how I'm going to be. Like, I'm probably going to ask him about his sexual health and all of that. And then it's not so embarrassing anymore, you know? So it's fun for me. Cause I, I don't know. It just comes natural. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like, Hey, Daniel, um, how's your boner? Are you having a nice day? Like, that's not really how I used <laughs> to start a conversation. Like maybe in my twenties in the bar, like, you know, but that's a different story. So yeah. <laughs> no, go, if you want to talk about that, go on by all means. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was like, I was telling a girlfriend a story, uh, the other day, I used to pick up guys in bars, like literally pick them up. Like I'd go and be like, I can squat you. And I would like, you know, hoist them up, not knowing like that was super degrading and just like emasculating and like awful. But I was so hammered that I would be like, yeah, this is cool. And then I'm just like, yeah, that didn't work so well. Um, This was like before (laughs) cell phones really were popular. So luckily there's no documentation of it because we had flip phones back in like the early 2000s and stuff. But um, yeah, total random tangent. I forget. (laughs) I forget the original question already. (laughs) No, you're all good. Um, 
<laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, de- I definitely think that the more that I've listened to just some of the content that you've put out is the more that it's made me kind of think not only about maybe my own hormone levels or how am I doing and stuff uh, like you talk about in, in the, the talk, the, what does he call it? The testosterone epidemic. I think so. Yes. For Kabuki. That's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me in my friend group, I'm the only person that's like the fitness guy, which also puts like a lot of pressure on me. Cause I'll go over to like a party or something like that. And there's been, there's been countless amount of times where I, I just show up to a party and they're like, Daniel, I'm like, yeah, and like, I, I had McDonald's today. I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. It's not an issue. I'm not going to scold you. Like, <laughs> um, but to, they bring up those questions too. kind of, let's say everybody else is like hammered or whatever, like having fun. And then a guy will pull me to the side and they're like, Hey, I've been kind of struggling with this issue. And it was awkward for me to deal with because I'm like, I don't even talk to any anybody about this, or I haven't even actually opened myself up to have this conversation, but people are coming up to me uh, asking me about, okay, but I feel like this is an issue or my body fat, or I feel like I'm not just like, I'm always foggy headed and there's all these issues. And, you know, for me, these are all guys in their mid in the early mid and late twenties. And I'm like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be an issue here. There's gotta be a big problem. If you know we're all in our twenties, you look at the videos from people in the fifties, they're all pretty toned, jacked dudes, like traditionally masculine men. And they're not taking any special ingredients or supplements or anything like that. Like they've lived their life in that fashion. So uh, like, if you can give more detail on like what the hell has been happening over time. Sure. And I'm glad you said like the fifties and you weren't like, back in the 90s because that's when I grew up the 80s and 90s like but still even then like I mean Mm -hmm. um I would say like my dad my grandfather like their testosterone levels were way higher than guys in their 20s now and so obviously as a society we've gotten less healthy like Americans Mm -hmm. especially we are probably like the worst of the entire planet and um younger guys we'll call it under 30, you know, under 35, like clients that we have who are under 30, we have some guys on testosterone because they literally have done everything correctly. But because of the detriments in the lifestyle and the obesity as a kid and stuff like that, that basically when you're super young, like, you know, eight, nine or whatever, and your parents maybe are the ones that are controlling food and all that stuff, but your social circle, even friends, like you don't see kids play as much as we used to growing up because of video games. And I'm sure social media, like my first cell phone, I was 17 years old. And like, you had to press like one, one key 10 times to be able to spell one word. Like no one really texted, or I had to ask like, Daniel, do you have texting? Because it would cost like more money or you would just never get the text message. So that that would require me to get out of my house and leave and go to your house and to go and hang out with you, which required moving. You don't have to move anymore. Like kids literally are able to just like sit on the couch and then text each other, play games. You know, social media is like consuming life. I catch myself all the time scrolling on my mm. phone and I'm like, wow, that was a half hour of like wasted nothingness. So couple that with we have 
all the access in the world to food, but we don't make the healthiest choices. And there's this suppression of young boys being boys and being masculine. So now they're told not to go do martial arts and do all these things that required being active and, you know, acting like guys. So that plus with, um, you know, sedentary lifestyle is going to suppress testosterone levels. And I think post 2020, there's a lot of anxiety and depression and lack of self-awareness. Like I remember I was very impressed with you and your self-awareness and how mature you are for your age. Like you don't see that a lot in, in guys under 30 years old or even under 35 sometimes. So when I do meet somebody like that, I'm like, damn, like it's impressive. Like you have an understanding of who you are and who you want to be. And a lot of guys suffer. They don't know. They think they're alone. And just like they took you aside, they're like, I don't know if anyone deals with this. Literally today, even talking to a, a consult I had, the guy is 50, 50, tons of money, to owns uh, multiple businesses, Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I don't really have friends to talk to. Like there, there's nobody that understands what I want to do from a business perspective, and I'm pretty much the only athlete and the only fit person and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I get it. Like there are a lot of guys at all ages dealing with this. So it, it, it's it's not only the younger kids, but I think they're experiencing it a lot younger than like when I grew up because it just, it was like not a thing. Like, because we were so much more social and we were less restricted I think in a lot of ways like now you can't really say things without offending people or you can't do things without offending people and people don't leave their house anymore so a lot is going on I mean it's hard it's hard to be it's hard to be like somebody who wants to contribute to society I think these days well I, I've I've had this conversation with with my lady uh multiple times where I say that kind of like intrinsically, I know that I'm an introvert. I know that my alone time is very sacred and all that stuff. But I also know that if I don't spend any time with people, um, even for a day, if I tend to be, let's say at my job, um, because my day job, I'm a, I'm a mechanic. So I work on machinery and all that stuff. And there'll be some days where I'm just by myself for like 12 hours overnight. Mm -hmm. And I know that once I get in that car, I'm going to send a long ass voice memo to her because I'm like, you're the only person that I'm going to have any social contact with. And just like that little vacuum of, of space can start to drive me nuts. And to think of that, like dragged out over time, because I do think that with, you know, social media and everything like that, and more of just like the digital age that we're in, there's this kind of fake social environment that we have but people are just actually like isolating themselves. You don't realize it until it's, you know, quote unquote, too, too far gone. And then I think that adds on to a lot of the, like just higher rates of depression and everything like that. Um, and that's why I, I try, I, it happens to me as well. I mean, I've, I've grown up in this generation of like phones coming out. My parents did a good job of not giving me one for a long time. And then my grandma bought me one and they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, this is pretty cool. But, um, but just seeing how everything has changed so quickly, um, it's wild. 
it's 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 really crazy because I do I do look at like the golden era of bodybuilding and stuff like that. Now I don't condone the way that they were cycling and all that stuff. I'm not saying that it was like the most perfect stuff. Um but I do look at the physiques of the average person, uh, how people were when they were going to to war and everything like that. And I'm like everybody looked at least a lot better off in their physicality and I'm sure that translated to their own mental well-being. Even though, if you know, right now it seems like we're opening up the can of worms of what actual mental health might be, and it's it's like everything is changed and also coming together, and we're finding solutions for problems that we had years ago, but now we're uncovering the problems that we have now, and we're trying to use old solutions, and it's this entire mess of just like, ah, uh, like where do we go from here, and the, that takes a toll on like just the body itself, all the stuff that's happening up here. I'm sure. Do you see like a rise of people in their just like 20s, you know, young, relatively like the younger age uh, coming to you or even to Merrick and stuff like that to look at their hormone levels and to do TRT cycles or anything like that? They do. And younger kids like um, I'm trying to think of like it in my 20s, we had message boards like like mm-hmm. T Nation had a message board and stuff like that. And now we just have like Reddit. So think of like the oldest version of like Reddit where people would get advice. So the mm-hmm. message boards were basically where people heard about like steroid cycles and SARMs and stuff like that. Now it's like teenagers don't even, they bypass like the spend 10 years in the gym, eat and train. They're like, all right, well, what do I take? And I, and I look on Reddit just to understand what's being discussed and the culture and everything. And it is younger guys. Because I think they do the comparison trap where they see YouTubers and social media stars and how shredded and jacked they are, not knowing a lot of Photoshop can go into this. People are definitely on drugs that um, younger kids shouldn't be on, but also they lie about, I mean, granted, and also like I I am not a a proponent of PEDs, but I I understand them. I don't Mm -hmm. mind them. I think they have a place. I don't get triggered when somebody says they're on it i'm like Mm -hmm. cool what are you on like we'll manage it you know i'll help you manage it medically stuff like that um i think it's a problem when someone says i'm not on anything and they're lying and they're trying to get people to buy something they sell to look like them fully knowing they're misleading so i think that comparing ourselves to social media is so destructive and i think it's so important for people to know, like, I've literally been very open about it this year on how like ridiculous it gets because my personal account has grown increasingly high this year alone, mm-hmm. more exposure. I've spent more time on camera, more appearances. I've done so many podcasts and like people are ruthless. Like they come out of the woodwork and they, they're like, you know, oh, nice haircut. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, what happened in your life that you have to like go after people who have short hair? Why does this bother you? Like, oh, because probably because I'm a female talking about something that this guy wants to talk about, whatever. Um, but just me alone, like worrying about like how I look now and like, oh my God, I have to look a certain way to come, you know, across a certain way. And it's just like so much pressure. So I understand shit. I'm 41 these kids trying to be on social and everything are like 22, 23. They have their whole life ahead of them. The pressure that is on them, I'm sure to look a certain way. 
So they're like, yeah, I want to optimize my hormones. I want to just know where I stand. Or they see a lot of the, you know, people dying and they don't want to die and they want to know where they are. So there, there is an influx, but there's also still a massive amount of kids who are like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm kind of depressed. And, you know, like you said, brain fog, but they don't really think it's low testosterone or anything because they're so young, but still mm. very prevalent. So it's hard. It's hard out there. Like literally, and <laughs> I, I think I'm more worked up because like a, a reel that I was dealing with today mm. had more action than I've seen in forever. And I was like dealing with all these comments that were just like horrible people just like coming after me. And I'm like, what did I do to these people? Why are they so upset? What happened in their life that they're just so miserable that they sit on the internet and just like, you know, have to tear people apart. And that's what scares me for the younger kids. Like I'm older, at least I feel I have some sort of resilience, but like, if you're a 22 year old woman, trying to do stuff or i mean 22 year old boy like damn it, that's where bullying is it's like bullying is now online and i think it's like 10 times worse so that was like a major tangent and i probably will do that again so no you're you're per you're perfectly fine um because <laughs> yeah it seems like what i don't get i mean I don't get nearly as much hate as I'm sure that you do um like per per capita of everything but no it's it, every time that I do get something whether it's like a comment or whatever and sometimes it'll just be something that's like you know whether they're saying I don't agree with this this is stupid or whatever it is for me it's almost always just an account that has no like almost nothing it simply exists to talk shit on the internet no, and I look mom. at it. Yeah. And my favorite thing to do is just to say, thank you. And then I'm just like, okay, what, like what's, what's going to happen next? But I'm, you know, it's different for everything. I, I can, I can do that right now and be like, thanks for your input. Um, but it, it is kind of, it is scary. I mean, it is terrifying. Like, and it does affect most people. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. You see, you see a dude that's like, you know, 60 years old on Instagram. That's like absolutely jacked to the T has yachts and all this other stuff. And like a bunch of women around them. And if you're another 60 year old guy, that's lived like a relatively modest life, but you see that and you're like, is that what I'm supposed to, is that where I was supposed to be in life? Like, it's still going to mess with you. And so, you know, it, it, it's a weird new, it's a new thing. Like where, you, you know, to have tough skin, a, a, you know, when I guess I was younger was just like, people are going to talk shit and you might literally get either like hit or, you know, fall down and get back up like actual blood, but you're like, all right, well, that's like, that was a single moment in time that will pass. And I have the ability to look this person in the eyes and be like, Hey, like, stop it, cut it out. But now it's like, I'm going to talk shit. And then they just vanish gone. Like, you don't even know if that account, you don't even know if that account's active anymore after that, like one comment. <laughs> I know they're like, they're, it, it, it's, it's ruthless. I don't know. Like I, I try to come at it with compassion now. So like the way I will answer them is like, all right, if I'm a dick back, that doesn't necessarily reflect well on me. Cause that's mm -hmm. not who I am in person in person. Uh, and again, I don't have a lot of hate really. It's, it's when it's people who just don't know. So mm -hmm. If they come at me with just, they're questioning what I'm saying, like, 
So today was a post, um, it was a reel about men under eating. Mm-hmm. The way the way I was trying to explain it was in a way that if if you're a science, a scientist or a fitness professional, what I say does not come across in the most sciencey way, but it comes across in a way where the general public can understand it. And I was like, basically, if you don't eat enough, then your body can downregulate. Whether that's a scientific term, I don't really give a fuck. I was just trying to explain to people. And I had a, a few of my followers who are not fitness people, like, this is why we love you because you explain it simply. And I'm like, that's a huge compliment to me. Mm-hmm. Then you have these people that are like, there's no scientific evidence. Show me studies, blah, 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 blah. Here's a study. Like, and I'm just like, hey, a lot of the guys that I coach, this works for them. I'm sorry. Like, I want to be like, I'm sorry you have so much hate in your heart that you feel you have to sit on the internet like that, you know? So also because I'm affiliated with Merrick Health and it it was mm-hmm. on their page, I want to be professional as well. Absolutely. You know, we, de- we delete people that are just like borderline rude, but otherwise, like I'll entertain what someone's trying to say if they're not, you know, coming at me a certain way. And sometimes, listen, I understand what they mean. We all want to be like, oh, I'm going to make this person wrong because I'm right. Okay, sure. You're not entirely wrong. And this is why I said what I did and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I'm going on another tangent anyway. So, but yeah, it's like, it's crazy out there. So I I want to help men feel more whole and not feel like they have to tear down others and feel safe that they can share some of these things. So that's why I try to talk about it and normalize it. Mm -hmm. Women all the time, like we under eat so much we're always taught we have to be smaller like shrink yourself guys are they always have to be bigger right but also the leaner you are the more jacked you look in photos and stuff so guys logically like anybody will slash their calories to get lean and then they'll increase their activity or increase the amount of training that they're doing and that ends up where they're really not eating enough and i've literally seen this so much in guys who are trying to be the jacked lean shreddy, right? And so I'm like, all right, the magic man number is 1,850 calories and the magic female number is like 1,200 because that's what everyone defaults to. So why is that? But literally every guy that's come to me is like sub 2,000 calories. And I was like, yo, what's going on? Well, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to get leaner. How do you feel? Like shit, no shit, like (laughs) makes sense. So I don't know how we ended here, but or ended up here, but yeah, <laughs> social media, like, all right, enough tangenting. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the tangents are going to happen, but I think they're for good reason. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's, I don't think even just having like a, a one hour long podcast would, would do enough justice for all the stuff we'd want to talk about, <laughs> but um, yeah, let's, let's, so let's backtrack a little bit. So you're started off in golf. You're working in men's health now predominantly. You have, uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Are you partnered with Merrick Health or? So I I basically, I, I would say I'm affiliated with them in the sense that like if you're a client of mine and you've never done blood work or you're considering TRT, you would do labs through Merrick. So we use them as like the hormone optimization piece because I legally cannot prescribe blood work or uh, injections or like, I can't prescribe anything. Um, I do the fitness and nutrition as does my team. And then Merrick is our medical piece. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, kind of partnered with them, but yeah. 
and they're great because um i don't know if you watch youtube but there's a youtube channel called more plates more dates so derek is one of the owners and Derek created merrick for normal dudes or athletic guys to be understood a lot of guys will once they actually go to the doctor like say they get their testosterone checked many doctors would be like oh you're fine you're in the range which is this massive arbitrary range whereas at merrick we have our own range which is more optimal so most guys do not feel like you know dismissed or anything we actually are like okay this makes sense you know oh you lifted weights the day before that's why your liver enzymes are elevated. We're not like, oh, you're going to die. Um, you know, basic things that most conventional medicine uh, practitioners may not understand, like as far as kidney health and stuff like that, Merrick Health understands. So it's very useful. We're all on the same page so that everybody can kind of go through the process, feel understood, feel like I'm involved and feel like everyone's on the same page. So that when we do the nutrition and the fitness side, it's executed, understanding what's going on with the medical piece too. No, I think that's really, I think that's really cool, especially because I've watched, I've, I've watched Derek make videos for, since I started lifting pretty much. I'm like, this dude sounds really smart. And then you listen to an entire thing and you're like, I understood three words that he said, but I feel smarter. Um, but the three but, words or at least the two he, he loves to use efficacious deleterious and i forget what else oh <laughs> uh, but no it was i when i saw that you had essentially became an affiliate with them i was like oh that's really cool and then it definitely brought my eye to to getting it checked out because i think that i think that i should definitely get my blood work done um especially with the the training i do for uh basically ultra endurance races and stuff like that um and would you recommend that people go like regularly get their blood blood work done, like regardless of, of where they're at in life? Yeah, I mean, it, take inventory of where you are. So like if, if a man just had a baby, right, his testosterone is probably going to be low. So for whatever reason, like evolutionary, a guy's test levels stay lower during during pregnancy and then like a year after because they're trying to keep the man at home and not go procreate, but also there's like no sleep happening in the house. So that's probably part of it. Um, or if you've gone through like a massive stressful event in your life, like usually moving, divorce, losing a loved one, those are kind of the big hitters that might reflect on your labs. But there's also a reason to see how did that affect you health-wise? Like if guys have done PEDs, do I wait until after I'm done? I'm like, how about you go now, see how it affects you, and then you can do it again after. So I would say it depends, but the reason it depends is for reasons like that. Now, if you have had like no life-altering events and you just kind of want to know where you are, I would say once or twice a year, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Get some baselines done. Because if you're 21 years old and then by 31, you've had like, you know, six different crazy things happen to you, you kind of want to know where you are to compare yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're on TRT, then whatever telemedicine clinic or doctor you're affiliated with will likely do more routine labs. So Merrick does them um, like six weeks after and then every 180 days. So you, you want to know how things are going along. But honestly, like if, if you kind of just want to know, I say once or twice a year is a very good cadence to get until something like TRT or whatever comes along. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. No, that's good. I've been, yeah, I need to go get it done. I think I've just been procrastinating. I'm like, yeah, because uh, needles and stuff. But <laughs> I know, but it's so easy now. And like, like if you if you went through Merrick, basically, I give you the requisition or they send it to you. You could have a phlebotomist come to your house. Not a lot of people know this, but that's what I do here in Florida. And it's so easy because then you just wake up and go downstairs and you're done. You don't have to go wait in line and, you know, whatever. So. Oh, right. I didn't know that. That's like yeah. super convenient. <laughs> now you, you can know. like, you can like Uber eats a blood test. You're like, pretty much. like, I mean, it's great. I'm like in my pajamas and she comes in, like sets up in and out within a half hour like it's awesome because you usually have to fast for blood work and usually not every place has 7 a.m 8 a.m open as a time slot so i'm not waiting 10 11 a.m no no i need to do it before i have my meetings for the day because otherwise i won't make any sense no <laughs> i gotta do that that sounds so much better <laughs> Yeah. but um but okay so you've you've done a lot i'd like to say in the industry or at least from from my perspective out you, you've you're doing a lot and you're doing a lot of good things i'm older and what is like how long ago did you start coaching did you say you started coaching specifically 20 years ago or just been in the fitness industry itself for 20 years my first client I entered college the fall of 99. I was 17. I worked in the um, gym on campus and I trained people and made $7.50 an hour. <laughs> um, but I actually started teaching spinning classes when I was 16 years old. So I knew very early on, this is what I wanted to do. I would say that's a little bit weird. Most people don't really do what I do. Um, or what I did, but yeah, so I, I would start, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was training people in the, um, on-campus gym, but being that I would learn what to do, uh, it became a little bit easier. So I say, I mean, that's a very long time ago. So yes, 20 years, roughly. I was half online and half in person around 2016. And then fully went online 2020 just because I had to. So yeah, it was easy. <laughs> do, you th do you would you say that training in person or online is is harder? Oh my god, online! <laughs> oh my god, people have no idea. Like usually, and we used to make fun of online coaches, right? Like they've never trained people in person. They just lay on a beach in Thailand all the time. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I live in Florida and, and I get spray tans because I don't have time to lay out in my backyard. Like, <laughs> I wish people understood. Like, I have two coaches that work for me. These guys are like, literally one of them works in person still halfway and half online. And he was like, holy shit, Allie. And I'm like, dude, I told you it's, it's so much harder. And the reason why for those who, who haven't experienced it, because a lot of people don't know what online coaching is because they think it's like live like this, like, oh, you tell me what to do on Zoom. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So I control your life. Like if I meet you at the gym, that one hour, that's the only variable I control is the workout. You go home and there's 23 hours in the day. I don't know what the hell you're doing, eating, you know, whatever. Whereas online coaching, it's kind of flipped. So 
I create your nutrition program, your training. I monitor your sleep, your stress, your progress photos, your calories, your trends, biometrics, like literally taking inventory of everything that could possibly affect you to make sure you get results. It's creepy. Like I can literally, I look at what you <laughs> log for your food. I'm watching videos of you training. Like I would say the one thing that maybe is tough is that like, if we're training, you know, live in person, you get instant feedback. Yeah. But, and listen, beyond a certain point, you know, I didn't think that in-person training was necessary. I had clients for years. It's like, there's only so many times I could talk to them about cars or their kids or like whatever. And it's just like, I'm an accountability person because we're holding an appointment. And there's definitely like, there's two dudes that I still do live Zoom training. I've been training them for 15 years. I love them to death. But if I had to go back in a gym and train eight, nine, 10 people back to back again, I don't know if I can do it because I would be annoyed. I wouldn't be able to control everything. And now that we can control all variables, it's so much better. I'm like, you guys are going to get the best results ever because you, you get everything from an online perspective. So in person, like you need to be taught how to do stuff and then technical proficiency. Yes, that's very important. You got to have good form. Yeah. But after a certain time, like, you know, there's not really much else. <laughs> Unless it's, no, it's private. So, yeah, like the Luca host of our method, which I actually enjoy because I need a little bit of like social. I, I still have to be like social in person. I love that guy. I want. I can't wait to meet him someday. Um, oh, you will. He um, is he coming to Silverback and uh, I can't remember. I don't even know if he's going to BK in September. I'll text him. But like he he's a great dude. Yeah, I love him. I call him Pitbull. Like <laughs> he talks like Pitbull. Like it's annoying. Like it's so. He funny. does. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. If I meet him, I'll have to have him meet my dad because everybody calls my dad Pitbull and just to have him side by side, that oh, comparison, really? I'll have to send you a picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the online coaching space, when I jumped into it, I was like, okay, well, I've done in-person for like, at this point, like six, seven years now, three with an actual franchise and organized business and everything. And I was like, okay, well, online coaching shouldn't be that that bad. And I got my first, like, I think like five clients. And every day I was like, holy shit, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Everything is everywhere. And I feel so disorganized. And like, if I ever like fell behind or something like that, I'd be like, they're giving me money. And I don't know. I feel like I'm letting them down. And this, like all this pressure, you're just like, okay, well, relax for a second. This is probably, this is, it's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. This is why the people are trusting you with their lives <laughs> in an essence. Um, but it, it is such a different, such a different, just like way of training. And my favorite part about it too, is whenever I write their programming and you get that one-on-one -on -one connection with them, you learn a lot more about them and how they feel about stuff. Cause some of the feedback they give you is very, very like either intimate or vulgar or whatever it is. So then I'll write the programming. I'm like, yes, this is going to fucking suck. Yes, you're doing every single rep. Yes, I'll know if you do it and I'll know if you don't. And they're like, all right. And they usually send me a screenshot of it. And they're just like, why would you do this? And I'm like, because I know you. <laughs> I care. It's so true. I mean, there is a difference between online coaching and online programming. Mm -hmm. So a program you buy, you never talk to anybody, but coaching is like more custom. And, you know, like you said, it, it, it I, I still feel I don't do enough. Like, I feel like, oh my God, I'm missing something. Like if I don't respond to somebody in a certain timely manner, which to me, I, I respond very quickly. 
but if it's like three hours I feel bad and like you know you're kind of there for somebody too but it's so rewarding because it's like I can work with people from anywhere in the world so I've done consults with people in all these different countries and then you learn like I have guys who are like in Kuwait and they're like I have to go to Dubai to get my testosterone and I'm like oh my god don't get arrested like you know <laughs> you learn so much about cultures and like having to having to learn cultures and like how people eat and like what they can and can't eat and I mean that's fascinating and just like you know I think the biggest the hardest part is time zones that mm-hmm. that will fuck you up for a while when not knowing when somebody or whatever because like America is sort of daylight savings but like the rest of earth not really so that's kind of annoying. Um, but otherwise I love it. I would not trade it for the world as time consuming as it can be to be able to give somebody what they've wanted for so long and never been able to get that is like worth it. If I could get paid in that. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, there's, there's like no better feeling than, uh, getting that message of being like, I finally like hit my goal. Like I, I, I feel so much better either in my own skin or, you know, mentally or whatever it is. And they're just like, I, I feel like a new person essentially. And you're just like, Oh, I'd like, then that's where I like, I have trouble. And I'm like, well, I didn't do much. Like that's all you and give them all the credit. And they're like, listen, I, I couldn't have done this without you. And I'm like, this is, this is weird. And it's really cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Cause you're kind of like, uh, yeah, but like you paid me to do that, but you know, and I, I actually, we coach a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had a coach for five years. Like I'm a big, um, fan of that, but it's funny. Cause we have coaches as clients and then they're like, I didn't want to bug you. So I didn't tell you I did X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yo, you pay us for this. And it's so funny. And it, and then they're like, all right. And then they'll share stuff with you or, you know, we all have people who've kind of gone like MIA. We had one guy who went and ran a marathon, didn't tell us he was training for it. I don't know if he did train for it. Like literally he's like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I r- ran a marathon this weekend. We're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you have people you talk to daily. But like, hey, it's awesome. You know, like we all had the times you're in the gym. I say we all like if you've been doing this a while, like there's always like, oh, I hope this client's late so I can go pee. Like those moments, you know, you don't have those with online coaching. You can kind of do your own schedule and stuff like that. And it does allow you the flexibility of traveling and you can kind of work from anywhere um, but it is hard work. If anyone's thinking of getting into it, it's it's very hard work. Um, and systems and processes have to be dialed in. We are literally just starting to be able to do that now, but it was like a hot mess. Like, like you said, program, oh my God, this person's programs due and it's 10 PM. I'm in bed. I have to go do it because they wake up earlier. They're on the other side of the world. Like all these things that are going through your head and like, did I respond to this? Did I change this person's macros? Did I do it? Like, cause you feel like, oh my God, they're going to fire me if I don't. When you're like driving and all of a sudden like that thought comes in your brain and you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Or you have like nine different platforms or they're emailing you or they're Instagramming you or they're like, I'm like, no, I can't we use a coaching app now just for messaging, but like, 
before. I used to give my cell phone number out. That was a mistake. Don't ever do that. Anyone listening? Just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you, you think that, I guess, starting off where you did and everything like that, did you consider yourself like a, like an entrepreneur or you were going to go out and do this thing on your own and learn how to build all this up? Or did you just kind of get curious and they're like, well, I like the fitness space and I know that I want to be here. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I actually fell in like, I, I didn't want to my own, own my own business, but then like, I kind of worked for myself and I was like, this is cool. I, I literally, the only reason I started online training is because when I was posting on social, a lot of people they didn't know anybody who was like dealing with hormones or men's hormones. So they're like, do you work remotely? And I'm like, I don't like, I don't know how to set that up. You can Venmo me or whatever we use back PayPal or something. Um, so then I just started doing it and I, I had started using an app that was very early in its uh, phase and basically never really learned how to use the app because it like exploded. I had like six clients like in a week. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write a program. Here you go. Like barely knew how to use the app. So never really fully learned how to use that app, by the way. And so now it, it's okay. Streamlined. I've obviously invested in, in coaching heavily for the business, like to do everything correctly. I've had to personally step up as a leader. I am somebody who likes everyone to get along in the sandbox. I do not like confrontational um, discussions and that I've had to learn to get over because the way people react is not my responsibility, even though it may be emotionally hurtful because I don't like people to be upset. So learning how to have those conversations demand standards and what you expect out of others, I think is very important. And that's been a big lesson. And now it's kind of like, all right, well, this is my baby. I have to make sure it survives. And this is actually a real business. Like I have three staff members that I am responsible for generating revenue. Like this is real. So here we are. So I didn't expect this. I didn't really want this. I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I wanted to be because I left college thinking I would be working with professional athletes. Clearly that went a completely different direction but I'm okay with it. Cause it's like, you know, that's why when people ask like, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know my next week plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to think I had to have all of that laid out. I mean, mm-hmm. you can have a general idea of like what you want to do, but I don't know. No, I remember being younger. I, I literally, I thought about this, like, I think maybe even yesterday, I don't know the entire week flew by this week, but I remember in high school when everybody was talking about colleges and everything about where they're going to go to i remember distinctly saying it's like well i know where i'm going to be in like five years but i don't know what i'm going to do like next week and it took the last like seven years to look back at that and be like no you just didn't know what the fuck you're doing period like like, you you just believe that you'd be somewhere or whatever you thought was the right decision or where you you thought you were going to be in but we're all kind of just going at whatever pace we're at and just trying to do our best right now. And that's kind of all you can ask for. Right. I don't ever turn down a conversation as dumb as you may think it is, or it may not lead anywhere. You never know. Like the first time I left a, a company to train on my own, I didn't, 
really want to, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to make good money. And perfect example. I had a gym, a gym approach me, a luxury boutique gym. They wanted me so bad because they wanted this director of golf performance. And I just did not want to work for anybody else ever again. And I said, I want 12 weeks vacation. I want to make a 70% split, like all these ridiculous things. And they said yes to all of it. And I was like, fuck, now I'm stuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, But on paper, it was a fantastic opportunity. I had trainers working under me. Like it was super nice gym. Within a year and a half, they were seized and shut down. They didn't pay taxes. They didn't pay half our paychecks. Paychecks were bouncing. Like it was a shit show. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, but you know what? I learned a lot. And the people I met there and the opportunities that were presented to me and everything, like I would never have done that had I not taken that opportunity and done that. Never in a million years thought that that would come my way. Cause I literally was like, I want all these ridiculous things. Like no gym ever pays a trainer 70% plus a base salary to manage the trainers. And the kicker was, I didn't really have to be there. I said, I don't want to do any administrative work. I don't want like, it was literally like a, a dream job, right. For any fitness pro. And I lived it for like a year and a half. And then the writing was on the wall and it was all downhill, downhill from there. And there's actually a, like a class action suit that just got finalized and this place shut down in 2019. Like, okay. So yeah, you never know what's going to happen is the point of this. Like, uh -huh. you, you know, you're, even if it's the wrong decision, it'll be the right decision at the time, but then you'll always learn from it. And then your greatest lessons will probably be your greatest failures. I feel inspired. Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh no that's first off that's crazy that even that contract or whatever hearing that is like absolutely wild and anybody that's worked in like the fitness space as a trainer's know that that's absolutely wild but no that's like i'm trying to remember from where when we had first met at the at the uh bedros thing I remember the biggest like realization from hanging out with you and everybody else there and just really taking in from that experience was just like, you really don't know the people around you until you open up that conversation. And sometimes it's, you know, a really good door that can open. Sometimes it's literally just a conversation that's there and you get to hold on to. But at the end of the day, like you never know, like if, I don't know if I guess if I never really said anything, or I was like, no, I'm just going to go up to my room or whatever. Like we wouldn't be here today. Right. We might've gone to the same conference. We might've gone to the same things, but we would have never had the conversation that we had um, at the, when we went to go eat. And like, that was the most valuable thing I took from it. Uh, aside from, you know, all the, I feel like hundreds of pages of notes I wrote down like feverishly trying to remember every single sentence being told to me. And it's, it's, I know that I get from my community over here, I get a lot of people that are kind of like either asking me like, how, how do you go about doing these things? Like you're, you're either starting a podcast or you're making videos on social media, or you're trying to like start your own business. And I just, I don't know how to get started with any of that. Like what, what's advice that you'd give to somebody where they're just in a space where they're like, I, I just don't know how to, you know, go or get started. That comes up a lot. And a lot of people think, well, I have to have a website. I have to have 
you know, a link tree and I have to have like a shop set up. You really don't. If you think about it, a lot of us did not have that when we didn't even realize social media was basically a free way of advertising. So the, the way you get started is you find out what problem are you solving for others? Because the way that you position your posts and your content is constantly providing solutions to what people's struggles are. That's really it. And people will then pay you for that, but you have to gain their trust. You can't just show up and say, hi, I'm Allie and I get men lean and jacked, pay me. If they don't know who the fuck I am, they're not going to be like, yeah, take my money, you know, <laughs> but I've, I've been doing this for years. I think I got on Instagram in like 2008 or something or whenever it started, maybe it was later. And then we all posted just photos because back then it was just photos with weird filters that looked like they're from like 1982 and it grew. And now it's constantly providing content and, and people are always like, I don't know what to post. What do people ask you? What do they struggle with? Like find that out and then provide a solution and then just start. Cause we all started that way. Like it's very, very easy to get paralysis by analysis and think that you need this and you need this and you need this. My website has been a shit show for years. I literally just got a new one. It's going to launch in the next like month. That has not stopped me from, you know, running a business. Like there's a lot of things like the wall behind me. Bedros made me get this, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody who's like been through him has a wall that looks like this. Amazon. So before it was like a bookshelf with like, you know, my banana lamp that looks like a dildo and like random shit, like worst lighting ever. Like clearly that got me by, it does not matter. You don't have to get all the expensive toys and you don't have to do all the investing and all this stuff. Just show up. That's all. Oh, that's like the, the, I forget who, uh, I think it's Alex Termozzi that was talking about it but he he has that quote that i think he took from somebody else but it's always a quote of a quote of a quote of a quote um but he said uh we question all of our beliefs except for what we truly believe and we never question those and that that sentence right there single-handedly has made me thought about think about so much stuff and i think in turn with the getting started it's almost like you feel like you have to be qualified to do something, but the qualify the qualification in your head is like, I need to already be like an A-list celebrity to even talk about anything on social media. But then you have people that uh, they just have that belief that it's like, no, I can, I can do this. And they go out and they're able to actually grow or at least get traction or comfortably post whatever they want to, or do whatever they want to. Um, so just I kind of like knowing that it's like, it's okay to, to make something and it's okay to, to be yourself when you're going after it. I think you're a very, a very, very good example of that um, with how you just kind of not like fell into what you're doing right now, but it's not like you were intentionally seeking out to be like, I want to be the men's health person that everybody goes to. It was a slow roll that I'm sure you didn't even think you'd get to this point. No, it just fell into my lap basically. And, and people, like you said, I've had imposter syndrome forever. Like 
I'm talking about a man's hormones, right? I'm mm-hmm. a woman. Okay. I don't even have the man parts, but I'm talking about your hormones. Do you know how many doctors used to troll me back in the day? Now they don't. But you know what? I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. I will never claim to know everything. The best thing that you can do is learn as much as you can because you know what? People are always going to be craving the basic information as well. Hmm. Today's the best example. Men need to eat more, like the most basic shit, and that literally exploded. If I was talking about like the, the chemical makeup of testosterone, no one would really care. Some people are going to care. Cool. They can care. Guess what? When you don't know something like I do quite often, I have people I know who know the answer. Do not be afraid to admit that. Pulling something out of your ass is a far worse look than saying, you know what, Daniel, I'm not really sure, but I have a provider who knows that, or I have a friend who knows that. I'm going to talk to him and get you a better answer. So building your network, that's why it's your net worth, because you're going to be able to have people you can lean on. That's how medical stuff, I've got so many doctors now I can talk to. I don't need to be the expert on dosage and like medications because I have people for that. We don't have to know everything to start. People are going to love you for you. Literally. It's okay to be yourself about it. Like people are going to want to talk to me about things. They're not going to want to talk to other coaches about. Cool. That's okay. And vice versa. That's okay too. They buy coaches. They don't buy coaching. Mm -hmm. No, I'm like psyched. I don't know. I want to run through a wall and like coach more right now, but <laughs> well, you can, cause it's early where you are. <laughs> I, like I forgot that you were like in Florida and sometimes like I'll be at the end of my shift at work and I open my phone and I'm like, what is she doing up at like four in the morning? And then I was like, Oh wait, like, I was like, how's the sun out? And it's like, okay. she's across <laughs> the entire country. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I know it's only three hours, but it's like it's huge difference because it's like 8.15 and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be in bed in like an hour. And you're like, yeah, I want to run through a wall. (laughs) Uh, But I think I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. I think uh, if there's anything you want to want to share, I know you have your uh, Silverback Summit coming up pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. So in November, the 9th through the 11th, men or women, if you guys want to attend a three-day event that literally is very open about being dick skin lean and boner talk. And literally I put in the same room, my most trusted physicians, practitioners, everybody, and fitness professionals. And we talk about everything men's health. It's literally the only event that is dedicated to men's health in this crazy, fun, unfiltered way. I don't think you guys should miss it. Bedros is going to do the keynote presentation. Um, I've got a huge lineup of amazing speakers. So silverbacksummit.com, come. I'll make sure to put that in the description. And I'm looking forward to going. I don't believe I have a race or anything in that. And in December, I might be in your neck of the woods. I haven't signed up yet, but there's a, a triathlon race on the, I believe it's the Daytona racetrack. I don't, I'm not familiar with my geography of the entire Eastern United States, but it'll be over there. So I might be in your neck of the woods uh, for a little bit out there. Cool. But, but I think this is a good place to stop. I absolutely loved having you on and hopefully looking forward to having you on at another time. Um, 
everybody go follow her on Instagram. All the links and everything like that are going to be down below. And uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. No, that was, that was a lot of fun.